Welcome back to the second part of this two-part episode of Can Marketing Save the Planet with Caroline Taylor. Let's pick things up where I've just asked Caroline about the tactical side of marketing and if she thinks digital plays a primary role for marketers as an enabler for driving change when it comes to sustainability. And how can we get marketers to move away from the scattergun approach that digital allows of short, sharp messages and use it for communications which educate and inform? It's a really interesting question, is it? So, um, uh, so of course, the, the utter joy of digital and, you know, I'm old enough to have lived through marketing without it, you know. Um, uh, back in those days, we used to call it mail order. Yes. <laughs> I mean, thing, mail order retail. It's strongly concept with a, with a print thing. Um, so it's me, because it gives us this most incredible, like, speed and reach and everything, doesn't it? Yeah. Which is, which is fabulous. So uh, it's such a, a great, uh, so it's way more than the channel, but you know what I mean. Um so what do I think? I think that um, I think that it does give you the opportunity to engage. So one of the things I really love about digital is the incredible depth of personalization you can have. So you can engage with a person, with an individual human, almost one-on-one without it really being one-on-one, um, using so many of the facets that we now have at our fingertips, you know, and, and and many of which are used not for good, I get it. And lots of people are really worried about privacy and, and all those things. But we give away so much about ourselves um, yeah. digitally. And and that is the, and that has the potential to be really harnessed and, and nurtured and used to engage people in a dialogue that is actually going to help them uh, understand things differently, see things differently, explore um, other ways of thinking about stuff. Um, so, so it is education, but it's also about again. I always feel I just I'm always a little uh, cautious um, when I think about this as education that that um, not to be patronising, you know, because yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, you know I, I may not be right, you know. Um, the dinosaurs, uh, the, the corporate dinosaurs, may be here for many many centuries to come. Um, the rest of us probably won't be, but <laughs> they might be. Um, yeah, so so I th- I think it is about engagement and that that a potential for interaction, and of course that's that's so much stronger and faster and easier in the digital environment than it is when you're trying to do it, you know, it, through any other medium. Um, and and it, and then it is about evangelism because that's the lovely thing as well. It's about getting person A to influence person B, yeah. rather than the the organisation that's trying to influence anybody. And I think, and again, you can really uh, enable and empower that, can't you, digitally? So I think it is an amazing. Uh, I mean, it's an it's an amazing approach, and it's being used um, incredibly well by so many organisations. Um, uh, you know, I think Demexcos is coming up again, isn't it? Um, uh, imminently, and and you know, again, there'll be some amazing examples there of how companies are making lovely profits utilising it. But that, but I think that um, there's such an opportunity to use it to fuel different dialogues, different different um, different engagement that actually allows people to explore this a little bit more, but also to to shine a light on the stuff that isn't great. Yeah. Because you, know? yeah. you can have you can have conversations in real time pretty much, can't you? Which is, yeah. you know, when you're on social media and, and all you can do, you can have a two-way conversation with an organization and an organization with an audience. And it can mm. pretty much continue on. And I think 
a lot of sustainable marketing is around building that ongoing conversation over time. So people get interested and they learn and want to learn a bit more and understand why you're doing what you're doing as opposed to just what mm-hmm. you can sell me. Yeah. Having, that convers- yeah. ha- ha- having that conversation and harnessing the power of that is is where digital comes into its own, doesn't it? But it's, I don't, there's, there's not everyone's doing it like that, are they? It's almost well, a broadcast. Well, that's so true. And the thing that's so interesting, though, Gemma, is that what you just described, not broadcast, but real engagement, the listening, the listening value yeah. for, a, for a business. Yeah. You know, if you want to, you know, if you want to know what your uh, direction of product development, listen to the people who are who were already, already bought into you. They're already interested in you. They're either your customer or they might be your customer, they might consider becoming your customer. They're already willing to engage with you. My goodness, they are. It's such a wealth of insight that you can glean from that. Yeah. And an and awful lot of that insight gathering, you can do in a pretty automated way. You know, you're not having to have yeah. lots of super bright people staring at stuff. You know, a lot of it can be pretty well automated and so I think absolutely I think I think that is going to be the way forward but the thing is that's interesting is it is the way forward to be commercially successful yes you know yes. you because if you just do the broadcast thing yes. you will you know somebody else is gonna is gonna have the next brilliant idea yeah and you will be behind the curve now we know that you know it's not always the first to market is the winner and often the first follower or it, you know, does does better. Um, you know, I, you know, know that's real. But um, I just, yeah, I think it's fascinating that you can. The, the answers to all of these things are good commercially. Yes, I believe. Yeah. Um, as well as being good for for moving us all forward to a more balanced people yeah. planet profit model. It comes back down to that, though, people doing things the way they've always done it. You know, I think people see marketing, advertising. Okay, well, here's a channel. We're just going to do what we've always done in that channel. And and missing the point that digital can enable that two-way conversation, that is that community building, that there is that transparency, there is that opportunity to really tune in because they're not focused on the right things. And and that also means that often they're not focused on the right outcomes and the KPIs and the metrics are all wrong as well. And yeah. and this is a big challenge, isn't it? I mean, you know, Gemma and I train a lot of marketers now nowadays, and there is this tension between, but hang on a minute, this is how we're measured as our performance, you know, we're measured against these KPIs to drive yeah. more, to get more, yeah. to achieve more, to break into new territories, to consume more, to grow more. This is a challenge when it comes to sustainability because we're needing to think about a whole different set of KPIs, different metrics that we need to be assessed by, different measures of success. So, yeah. just as we were saying, you know, the conversations that we've had, the communities that we've built, the insights and intelligence that we've gleaned that maybe would have taken, you know, tens of thousands of pounds to glean, but we've done it quickly through listening and digitally enabled elements. And we're able to march on now with something. These are different metrics that we are not accustomed to and that we really need to rethink. How was that positioned in IBM? Well, I think to be fair, um, a lot of the metrics stay exactly the same, and 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 and, and they, they evolved as uh, Martech evolved. You know, so it would be different today than it was ten years ago. It was different ten years ago to how it was ten years before that. Um, 
I mean, time was, you know, again, B2B. <laughs> yeah. It was all about getting your getting the opportunity loaded into the opportunity management system with your code on it, you know. Yes. And, uh, you know, if it had your code on it, life was great. If it didn't have your code on it, life was terrible. Um, and I have to say, I always somewhat battled against that. My whole, my whole career, because in the world I operated in where an opportunity was millions and millions of dollars, um, and you knew the salesperson by name who yes. was running it, you know, um, it would be very easy, not that I would have ever done this, but it would be very easy to get somebody to do your favor and stick a code on the nice big opportunity instead of the little one and make everything look great. So, you know, I'm not sure that was ever very helpful. Uh, in the, you know, in the digital environment, it's much more automated, so it's, it's more straightforward. But I think what it comes down to is that corporate metrics have to change. Yes. So why yeah. the whole triple bottom line thought Absolutely. was and is so important. Don't, don't just measure the, 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 your, your, your fiscal profit metrics. They are still important. Don't throw them away. But there are other things you want to be measuring too. And if the corporation is measured, I mean, you know, the reality is a large corporation today, they are measured by Wall Street or City of London or wherever they might be. Um, they are measured on, you know, on, uh, on revenue and on profit. You know, really those two. And there's a whole bunch of other measures, but it's really those two. Okay. So we measure, we're going to measure on those. Therefore, they measure marketing on how much marketing is contributing to those two things. Yeah. Um, and, and so if the corporate metrics get broader, um, then, then actually, then, then it's much easier for the marketing metrics to become broader. But I do think that one of the things that was really important for us that was a big deal in IBM was, um, uh, influence, that, that sense of influence. So not just the black and white, you know, this person came to this conference and, and as a result, this opportunity emerged and that opportunity was won. And therefore we can draw a straight line and say marketing helped with yeah, that, that, that win, that bit of revenue, and therefore that bit of problem. Um, uh, so I think that those sort of influence and reputation metrics were, were a very big deal. And so um, just as an example, um, uh, way back in, uh, let me see, 2010, uh, sort of starts a bit before that, but, uh, but building off this month's planet thing and building off our, our obsessive obsession with um, sustainability, the way to differentiate ourselves and our clients, we ended up doing a partnership with um, the then Prince of Wales, King as he is now, uh, uh, around sustainability. And we ran a nine, it was insane at the time and it still feels insane now, but anyway, a nine-day conference um, with British, British business leaders um, uh, on, on this topic. And it was a very interesting thing to sell into because it cost a fortune, as you can imagine. Um, and I needed to steal budget from every which were everywhere, everywhere that wasn't mine to own. Um, and it was it was it was very interesting. It was an interesting thing getting it going. But the thing that was really pivotal about it is we weren't simply trying to measure it in terms of what deals are we going to do on the back of this engagement. Okay. It was much more about so so one of the things we measured was. How many new CEO relationships do we have as a result of this? Because, because we're a tech company, and as much as we like to think we're the all singing, all dancing tech company above all others, the reality is most CEOs in 2010 didn't much want to talk to tech companies. You know, that's why they had a CIO. And maybe it's, that's why they had a COO. You know, don't bother me with this stuff that you deal with it, bring me the recommendation. Um, and do a bit half the price. But that, you know, that's basically the CEO's level of interest. And, 
And, and so we measure things like that. And that, you know, that was, now that's a B2B example and it's very different, but never, my point is that you can find other things that you can measure that the business sees real value in yes. and knows that down the line, that's going to turn into uh, preference, uh, easier, easier decisions, easier discussions, um, engagement that's going to that's going to win you uh, win you business, and ultimately turn into that those marvelous things of revenue and profit. Um, and so, I think the, the thing in the uh, in the non B two B world and the B two C world is is um, is really to find those points. What are those other things that that, that are in addition to? that have value. So some of that is kind of brand and reputational stuff, isn't it? Yes. You know, brand preference yeah. and, and those kind of things. Because if you build brand preference, then when you launch something new into the market, you're already ahead of the game. Yep. Um, yeah. You know, so some of those things. Yeah, and it's that social impact and trust because again, you 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 said the four questions at the beginning that you should be asking yourself, you know, even just the first two, why do people want to buy from us? No, no consumer I've ever spoken to has gone because of your revenue and profit. And why do you want to work for us? Because of your revenue and profit. So yeah, it's exactly. madness that revenue and profit is, is that's where self-interest comes in, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. So finding a way that says, um, if I do this thing, which, which is not directly linked to revenue and profit, but it is going to drive it, then, then this is going to be great. And that differentiation, I mean, you know, the differentiation, the, the reason to, to buy A versus B, the reason to shop with retailer A versus B, the reason to, you know, whatever it might be. Um, uh, you know, those things. But the thing that's really challenging for marketers is that, that those reasons have to be authentic. Yes. They have to be real. There has to be credibility behind them. Yeah. They can't be the greenwashing, the, the you know, the whatever. They have to be real. Yeah. Yes. This is where tactics like, you know, buy one, get one free, free shipping, free returns, you know, take the price down as low as possible. That that's where all of those short short term tactics have taken over, isn't it? Because ultimately you've gone, you need to make revenue and sell ten thousand of these. And you can do all of those other things, but like, you know, look at social impact, let's grow a community, but time is ticking and everybody's pressuring you. So then short-term yeah. tactics come in, doesn't it? And go, well, yeah. we've now got to dump 10,000 of these at half price. Yeah. yeah. Which is yeah. a reality. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. And it is a harsh reality. And and so I think that's, again, why I think marketers are right in the centre of this. So um, Because they are in a very rare position that they have a, a broader purview of a business and its marketplace than almost anyone else in the business apart from maybe the CEO. Yeah. There's probably nobody else in the organization who, who is paid to look as broadly. And um and I which is which is by the way why marketing being in marketing is so exciting. Yes. Um and, and indeed challenging by equal measure. But I think but I think that that's the that's the thing, it's that ability to look broadly and try and find those places yeah. where doing Doing the right thing for that broader triple bottom line thought also also delivers against those those yeah. short term uh, primary objectives or or you know maybe medium term primary objectives. It's it's really looking for all the points of value creation, and yes, that isn't just about selling stuff. You know. What are the let's move selling stuff out of the the equation for a moment because that's kind of easy to transact. Mm. 
But what are the other points of value creation that that we are creating here that align with things that really matter to our audiences? Let's understand what that looks like and then let's determine metrics that really matter and start measuring some of those. And absolutely. Yeah. And it's it's not easy to to necessarily well, you can say it's not easy. It may be easier if actually you, you, we start listening to what our audiences are saying, figuring out what really matters to them, looking at those points of value creation and then saying, actually let's see if we can let's see if we measure this, how we can then move it and look at the value creation that that's bringing to the business because that may also be things like time savings that yes. may be that may be you know building capital out of waste that may be yeah. where, where circularity comes into it this may be giving consumers a role this may yeah. be dropping the marketing uh, budget then spend over here in the ads and actually getting our audiences to do something for us instead so we don't need to spend that capital over there exactly. doing stuff that we've always been doing so yeah. there's lots of different ways that that value creation can be brought to the business but it just needs a lot more thinking and a bit of creativity which again is exciting for marketers yeah absolutely and i think you're, yeah actually i mean that's such a great example of and maybe taking money that would be traditional marketing budget and, yeah. and spending on something different. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, and in the past, I had great success in, uh, I, I got, got a bit of a reputation for spending what was known as OPM, which stood for other people's money. Um, uh, but taking money that wasn't part of the marketing budget and investing it in something that was marketing, you know, because actually at the end of the day, as a company, the profit is all about what comes in and what goes out. Exactly. So, you know, let's not be too fixated that because yes. it's the marketing budget, it's sacrosanct for marketing. And because it's the something else budget, it's sacrosanct. But let's just think a bit more broadly. Let's think like a CEO yes. and go, okay, in order to get the outcome we need for our business, how are we going to do that? And yes. um, and I love your point as well, that it isn't, it, the, the product stuff is not so straightforward as one might assume because we just go with the status quo and so really understanding what your customer you know why did the customer buy you know why did teenage boys buy those ghastly scent sprays you know because they've been told i mean who knows but they've been told it's going to make them so attractive magnetic magnetic yes um and uh, and the reality is, why do you, with young you know, teenage boys buy that stuff? Because they because they've been convinced that it's going to make them more attractive. Because they really lack self confidence. Yes. And sometimes they smell, and a combination of those two things is not great. And and the thing is, but if you really understood their motivations, you might be able to actually find a way to make money to monetize the outcome that teenage boy is looking for. Yeah. Uh, to the same value to your organization, but without making the rest of us have to hold our noses as we walk past them in the street. Yeah. But also for a long-term relationship with those teenage yeah. boys. So you're not yeah. just going to get them to spray themselves a couple of times and then yeah. they go off the scent and everyone else who spoke to them does. But actually yeah. understanding their journey through their life so you yes. can... can, can you know, retain those teenage yeah. boys. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you know, lifetime value and everything. We talk yeah. about that so much, don't we, in marketing? And yet, yeah, and yet we sort of slightly lose, lose yeah. track of it in terms of yeah. real lifetime. Yeah, we we, think, we can be very transactional. Yeah. Do you think, Caroline, that leaders right now see the opportunity that sustainability brings? Like, really see it? I think there's two camps. I'm afraid, Gemma. I think there's those that do, and we probably already know who they are. Uh, 
some of and some of them are very authentic and some of them are somewhat cynical about it but nevertheless even if they're being cynical about it it's a step in the right direction um i'm afraid there are those who just who who are delaying it it is someone else's problem 30 years down the line yeah i'm a ceo i'm the ceo of a water company and i'm going to keep pumping sewage onto the shelves because it's cheaper than treating it it's cheaper than than sorting out our infrastructure um and so i can still make lovely profits for my shareholders and you know i'm uh, i don't have any competition so it doesn't matter and then in five years i'm going to retire um and i'm going to make a ton of money isn't that marvelous to me um and i'm probably really unkind and i'm sure their motivations are way more complex than that of course they are um but you know i i fear that we just have too many people still who i don't think there can't be a, a, an educated person on the planet who doesn't realize this is a problem. Yeah. But the issue fundamentally is that most people think it's not their problem. It's someone else's. Why aren't the government doing something about this? You know, water companies, I'm sorry to harp on about them, but it's kind of front of mind. I live near a beach. Um, uh, you know, they, they behave like they do because they're allowed to. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if they were in a competitive environment, then some of them might choose to behave better because that would give them a competitive advantage. But I don't get to choose who to get my water from. I'm stuck with the local company and that's it. Um, and so and so they just say, the government, you should regulate us more. If you don't want to do this, tell us we can't. No, no. that's how It's like, well, take, away. yeah, take yeah. responsibility. No Absolutely. Where's, where's what about you guys? I don't, I don't drink and drive because I yeah. don't want to kill myself or someone else. Exactly. I don't do it because it's illegal. I don't not do it because it's illegal, you know? Yeah. I, I don't need to be regulated to behave myself. No. Um, yeah. You know, and, and so I, I find it very frustrating that, you know, corporately, that there is an entire body of corporates that, that kind of just, you know, kick the can down the road. Yeah. But that cost of inaction is is growing, growing and growing to the point where, you just, you know, we risk hitting a point where we just don't know how to get past it, do we? Because the costs uh, are so high, both yeah. environmentally, financially, and socially. Uh, absolutely, and and that's why it's such a sort of short-sighted thing. Yeah, that there are things that organisations can do now that will get them ahead of any regulation that may come 10, 20 years down yeah. down the line. I don't know, the car industry is a really interesting example, isn't it? If you look at how, in more recent years, how rapidly they've addressed the electric uh, vehicle thing. Um, You know, and and so, yes, there is regulation right now that's saying, you know, not too distant future, you won't be able to buy, you know, um, combustion engine cars and, and all of that. Um, and maybe those will change because everybody says, you know, are we going to backtrack? We'll, we'll see. But the reality is the car industry is actually getting there. They are doing this stuff. Now, they, are they doing it because they want to get ahead of regulation? I'm sure that's why they're doing it. Um, you know, are they doing it because they can make money? Yes, I'm sure they're doing it. But I don't care. I don't, really, really don't care. As long as it's the right for. thing. Yeah. As long as, they, as long as they do the thing. Absolutely. And, and, and so I just think that, um, yeah, that sort of short-termist. Yeah. Um, yeah. Road, let somebody else worry about it. And, uh, you know, the, the, I've always felt very strongly throughout this journey that I've been, I've been on professionally. Um, it doesn't matter whether people want to um, be more environmentally aware and more sustainable uh, because they care about polar bears not having any to live or whether they are doing it because they can make money out of being uh, the, you know, the better company and therefore the more, more competitive and more differentiated. Don't care about what the measure yeah. I really don't care. 
um, I just, I just really keen that, you know, I, so I have four grandchildren. Yes. And, um, and I really, I find it, it, it is quite depressing to think about the world when they're my age that they're going to occupy. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a really, really different world. And there are choices that can be made right now. Uh, by individuals, by corporations, heaven help us by governments. But let's exclude that because that ain't going to happen anytime soon. But at least by by individuals and by corporations that we can do actions, we can take things we can do that will put us all in a much better place fifty years down the line. Yeah. So actions for marketers. You've been a CMO. You've you know, and still support lots of organisations and uh, a great mentor. What would you like to see CMOs? doing more of? What advice would you give to fellow marketers who need to either persuade those CMOs or mm. the C-suite to get things shifted? I think it is being that, be, that be business focused. Figure out what that point is in light of interest is for your organisation. How can you uh, guide, drive the, the business to be successful in its own terms? Yep. Um, uh, but, but by really taking on board the realities of the world we, uh, we're living in and going to be living in. Um, and, uh, and I think take, and building your business case um, and, 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 and speaking about from a business value and a value creation perspective rather than from a marketing effectiveness yeah. Uh, perspective. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Caroline, we like to ask, and you asked us these questions when you interviewed us um, for marketing time. But as you know, we like to ask all of our guests the same three quick fire questions to wrap up the show. So our first question to you is, can marketing save the planet? Well, yes, of course it can, because some of the finest people on the planet are marketers. Um, and yes, I think you can, because I think that marketers have marketers, their job is to understand the market and understand their customer. And that understanding is so fundamental to saving the planet. So, oh, by the way, it ain't the planet that he's saving, really, is it? It's, it's, no, it's, it's the humans. humans. <laughs> it's, the planet's going to be just fine without us, but yeah. we'd quite like to stick around as a race, as a, as a species, wouldn't we? Um, yeah, I'd say definitely yes. Definitely yes. Fantastic. And what do you hope business looks like in 10 years' time? Oh, Lord. Um, I hope that it is much more savvy about sustainability as value-add for them um, and that far more businesses are actually leading the way, not waiting to be regulated no. to oblivion, um, but, but, you know, um, but, but, but really leading the way and being successful on their own terms, as well as in this broader people-profit-planet balance point. Yeah. And if you were to give one piece of advice to CMOs around getting started with sustainable marketing, what would it be? I think it's back to this point of find that sweet spot, find that point of enlightened self-interest that works, because it will be very hard to persuade most organisations to do it because it's because it's the right thing or it's a good yeah. thing. And honestly, that's not that's just not enough because that's actually not financially sustainable in many cases. To find that point of enlightened self-interest. Build a business case and get people to engage around it because if it's good for the business and good for the planet, you're on to an absolute winner and secure your place in heaven. And those are awfully nice things to have. Yeah, fantastic. Brilliant. Well, it's been an Oh, my goodness. We could go on and on and on. And we will have you back on this podcast, no doubt, Caroline, in the future. So just a huge thank you for yes, sharing you. your insights uh, and knowledge with us and our listeners. And can't wait till we do it again. 